Hello everyone, this is Urvashi Chauhan. Welcome to Courts Today by Live Law, where we bring you the latest developments from all courts across India. Let us start. Starting with the update from the Supreme Court on the case of medical termination of pregnancy of a 26-week pregnant woman who had approached the court for the same, citing that she was suffering from postpartum depression and was not in a position to raise a third child emotionally, financially and physically. As you know, this Monday, the bench comprising Justice Hima Kohli and Justice B.V. Nagratna had permitted the medical termination of pregnancy. But the bench had to reconsider the case after a new report from the doctors at Ames said that the fetus would have a viable chance of being born. Yesterday, in view of the disagreement by the same bench, it was referred to a larger bench. Today, the bench comprising CGI Chandrachud and Justices J.B. Pardewala and Manoj Mishra heard the matter. The court underlined the importance of balancing the rights of a woman to autonomy and choice with the rights of an unborn child. Additional Solicitor General Ashwarya Bhati argued before the court that the exceptional circumstances which allowed the termination of pregnancy post 24 weeks under the Medical Termination of Pregnancy Act, that is threat to the life of mother or fetal abnormality, did not exist in the present case. She asserted that a mother's right of decisional autonomy or other reproductive rights are not absolute in nature. They were circumscribed by the law made by parliament. The petitioner's counsel said that she did not want the child to be aborted. Instead, she was seeking permission to deliver the child through C-section now instead of waiting till the full term. That she was not in a mental state to carry the pregnancy to full term. She previously had a delivery in September 2022 and was undergoing postpartum depression, which would worsen if the pregnancy was continued. This bench seemed to be unwilling to accept this request as the medical report suggested that delivering the child preterm could result in physical or mental abnormalities. While clarifying that the bench was not trying to ridicule the petitioner, or doubt the seriousness of postpartum depression, the CGI suggested that the petitioner could wait for a few more weeks to have a full-term delivery. The bench has directed the councils to speak with the woman about the possibility of continuing the pregnancy. The bench will take the matter up tomorrow at 10.30 a.m. Stay tuned. In another important development, the Supreme Court has today reserved its verdict on the batch of pleas challenging Gujarat government's decision to grant remission to 11 convicts sentenced to life imprisonment for multiple murders and gang rapes, including that of Bilkis Bano during the 2002 communal riots in Gujarat. Last year on Independence Day, the life convicts were allowed to walk free, sparkling widespread controversy. Banu's lawyer, advocate Shobha Gupta, argued that the punishment imposed on her rapist ought to be proportional to the nature and seriousness of the crime that they had committed, which included 14 murders and three gang rapes. Highlighting the brutality of the crimes and the religious hatred motivating it, Gupta questioned if the convicts deserved the leniency that they had been accorded. Before Bilkis Banu herself approached the top court, a number of petitions had been filed in public interest challenging the remission. The government as well as the convicts challenged 
the maintainability of these writ petitions filed by politicians, activists and journalists saying that they did not have any locus standi, which the petitioners resisted defending their right to bring an action in the case. Leading the charge for the respondents, additional Solicitor General A.V. Raju, while representing the state of Gujarat, not only argued that the remission was legal and granted after taking into consideration all factors under the law, but it also cited the reformative theory of punishment, saying that even those convicted of heinous crimes deserved an opportunity to reform themselves and be reintegrated into society on showing repentance and after serving their time. After an 11-day long hearing that began in August, the bench reserved its judgment today. Besides this, the court directed Gujarat state and union governments to submit original records available with them. The Supreme Court bench comprising CGI D.Y. Chandrachud and Justices Sanjay Kishan Kaul, Sanjeev Khanna, B.R. Gawai, Surya Kant, J.B. Pardewala and Manoj Mishra today convened to pass directions for the pre-hearing steps in various matters before seven-judge bench and nine-judge bench of the Supreme Court. The court directed to pass a common order for directions in all matters. One of the matters listed before the bench for directions was Roger Matthew versus South Indian Bank Limited, which pertains to money bills. This case is listed as the fifth case chronologically out of the six cases before the seven-judge bench. When the matter was taken up, upon senior advocate Kapil Sibyl's insistence, the CGI orally remarked to give it priority. But Solicitor General Tushar Mehta objected to this by saying that matters should not be prioritized based on political exigencies. The bench then stated that it will take an appropriate call in the matter. JNU scholar and activist Umar Khalid's bail application hearing was today again adjourned due to paucity of time. He has been behind bars for over three years awaiting his trial under the UAPA for his alleged involvement in the larger conspiracy surrounding communal violence that broke out in February 2020 in the national capital. Senior advocate Kapil Sibyl, appearing for Khalid, said that for three years he had been behind bars and so far the charges had not been framed. Additional Solicitor General S.V. Raju, appearing for the Delhi Police, said that the delay in the trial proceedings was due to the accused filing interlocutory applications. When the bench expressed inclination to adjourn the hearing, Sibyl pleaded that the matter could be heard and within 20 minutes, he could demonstrate that there was no case at all. Ultimately, the bench did adjourn the matter and posted it on 1st November. This case has previously witnessed the recusal of one of the judges, Justice Prashant Kumar Mishra, and the hearing has been adjourned six times since notice was issued by the top court. The Supreme Court has issued notice on a writ petition which seeks directions to regulate advertisements by corporate hospitals. The petitioner has highlighted that while private medical practitioners are prohibited from advertising, such a restriction is not applicable to corporate hospitals. Let me tell you, the Indian Medical Council Professional Conduct, Etiquette and Ethics Regulations of 2002 expressly prohibit direct or indirect solicitation of work by medical practitioners, whether practicing independently or as part of a clinic or hospital. 
the rules have been promulgated under the NMC Act or National Medical Commission Act. However, corporate hospitals are beyond the purview of this Act and the ethics regulations therein instead fall within the jurisdiction of Clinical Establishments Act. On this, the petitioner has stated that such a dichotomy results in a situation where the National Medical Commission possesses limited to no authority over advertising strategies employed by corporate hospitals. So, despite the uniform application of ethics regulations to all physicians, those who are in association with hospitals are unfairly advantaged due to the advertising tactics employed by hospitals. The petitioner also stated that corporate hospitals cannot utilize the shield of freedom of speech as a pretext to violate the mandate provided under the ethics regulations. The petitioner has thus sought directions for framing comprehensive guidelines to be followed by corporate hospitals to ensure safe and ethical advertising and a holistic solution to the problem. The Supreme Court bench comprising Justices Sanjay Kishan Kaul and Sudhan Shudolia heard the case and issued notice to the National Medical Commission, the Union of India and the Ethics and Medical Registration Board. In another update, the Supreme Court today extended the interim bail granted to former Maharashtra Minister and NCP MLA Nawab Malik on medical grounds in a money laundering case by three months. In August, the Supreme Court had granted him interim bail on medical grounds for two months after being behind bars since February 2022. A division bench of Justice Bela M. Trivedi and Justice Dipankar Datta granted extension today on the submission made by Malik's counsel that his condition had not improved since the previous order. The counsel read out excerpts from Malik's latest reports informing the court of his kidney ailment. Additional Solicitor General S.V. Raju appearing for ED did not dispute Malik's condition. The Enforcement Directorate arrested Malik in February last year in connection with a money laundering case allegedly linked to fugitive underworld Don Daud Ibrahim and his aides. It is the ED's case that Malik connived with the gang members, including Ibrahim's sister, Hasina Parker. As Parker handled illegal business of the notorious gangster and global terrorist, the money that Malik allegedly paid her was ultimately used for terror funding. And now coming to an update on the Butler House encounter. In September 2008, which was one week after five serial blasts hit Delhi, killing at least 30 people and over 100 being injured, the Delhi police had carried out an armed operation to arrest terrorists of Indian Mujahideen hiding in a flat in the Batla House area of Jamia Nagar, Okhla. The operation resulted in the deaths of two terrorists and one police officer, Inspector Mohan Chand Sharma while the remaining terrorists were arrested. Aris Khan was one of the accused who managed to escape and was declared as a proclaimed offender. He was then arrested by the Delhi police in 2018 from Uttarakhand. According to the police, Aris had acquired a Nepali citizenship card and passport under a fake identity. He was prosecuted for various offences under the IPC. In 2021, a trial court convicted him and awarded him death penalty, observing that it was a fit case for rarest of the rare category. 
He then moved an appeal against his conviction and order of sentence before the Delhi High Court. Today, a division bench of Justice Siddharth Mridul and Justice Amit Sharma of the Delhi High Court partly allowed his appeal. Though the court refused to confirm death penalty awarded to him, it however upheld trial court's order convicting Khan in the case and accordingly disposed of the reference for confirmation of death sentence. The last update for today is from Jammu and Kashmir where a trial court has rejected the bail plea of a man who was arrested after he skipped his wedding reception because the bride's family could not fulfill his demand for dowry. The accused was booked under Dowry Prohibition Act, Section 498A of IPC and for cheating. The background is the reception was set to be held in Kashmir's Avantipura last month, four years after their nikah. The bride alleged that the accused convinced her to have a physical relationship with him during this period under the notion that the remaining rituals would also be completed. However, on the day of the wedding reception, bride's family was told that the groom would not attend the event unless he was given a car and 20 lakhs cash as dowry. When his demands were not met, the accused and his family did not show up at the reception which led to his bride filing a complaint, post which the groom and his father were arrested. During the hearing, state objected to the bail application saying that the offence had shaken the very ethos of society. The bride also filed a petition protesting against the bail and pointed out that by having sexual intercourse on the false promise of marriage, the groom ought to be prosecuted for rape as well. On the other hand, the two accused argued that they had been arrested on the basis of a false complaint. The court dismissed the application and observed that although the object of bail is neither punitive nor preventive, an accused cannot be granted bail as a manner of routine in all cases, especially in those where public interest and public property are involved. Thank you for joining us. If you wish to know more details about the cases I mentioned here, you can visit our website at www.livelaw.in. Stay ahead with quick legal updates only on Live Law. Do not forget to like, share and subscribe and support us. You can also support us by donating through the thanks button at the bottom of our videos or consider becoming a member at just 89 rupees per month.